you know that's how I like it. I want you to suck on my balls. Suck on my balls, give them a squeeze. And that's the Christmas message from Queen <laughs> Callie Festuca. Yeah. I a Merry gluten. Christmas, one and all. I went, I had some Suck gluten. on a ball. And I had to go to the toilet. Now I've got gas everywhere. Oh, Jim, Jim just made a sound. He made a sound as if to say, shut up, cunt. <laughs> he just made a, uh, uh, uh. what? I didn't touch you. Now, I'm touching you now. I'm patting you now. But he's lying next to me. You hear him? Yeah. He's going, uh. oh, no. He's like, oh, maybe, oh, okay. Maybe he did a little adjustment, maybe. He's a real little sook boy. He's a sook boy, just like his dad. Sook boy. Sook boy. He's uh, Renton from Trainspotting's best friend. Sook boy. Oh, someone's educated. Hello. Mate, it's a big day here. Big Frank day. Walker from National Tiles. Frank Walker from National Tiles. I hey. bought my first pair of slides and I've got to say, not a fan. Oh, I love slides. I bought a pair of Archie slides. So they've got, I've got a, an archway. They're plastic mm-hmm. yep. with an archway and they seem to accuse the girl who's this really hot, cool Asian chick. Yeah. And she's like, I like the grey because they're very well, – no, I didn't mean to do that voice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it. She was cool. Like she was a TikToker. Mm. She was like, I like the grey. They were really chic. And yeah. I was like, I'll get the white. <laughs> I'll get the colour that is a few seasons ago. Yeah. I did want the orange, but they didn't have my sauce. Well, I yeah. bought a pair of Puma slides that are very comfortable around the bridge, uh, but they fly off every time I walk somewhere. So mm. um, size just... 10, I've been size 10 since I was 18 years old in every other pair of shoe I've ever bought, and they Baby. fit perfectly. And these do not fit. So, But too big. Do not buy Puma Baby. Uh, do you want me to go and find? Don't I'll go you want and me get to say every it, other pair of? Do you want me to shoes. say it in the micro in the microphone? What slides is a su- size smaller? You you're a ten in every shoe. Yes, I know. I agree with you. Every pair of shoe you have is a ten. Slides, you need a nine. Well, that's fucking insane. It's the way it is. It's with women and sandals. It's the same. Whenever insane. I get sandals, I'm like a seven. Well, this is a size ten, These are but a you've seven got to remember. You've got to remember with our shoes, size ten it's actually sandals. means size nine. It's sandals because you're not wearing socks, cunt. When you're not wearing socks, it's fucking you insane. Go smaller. Stop and listen to what you're saying. It's insane. Because you're not wearing socks. These size tens are actually size nine. So you're saying that sandals should all These be made These apples smaller. are actually bananas. Are you saying that sandals should Where be made smaller? Where does it stop? Are you saying Where does it stop? Where are the rules? I'm telling you I the rules. I follow the rules. You take. Oh god! I'll call a plumber right now. Yeah, that's gonna take some editing to get that fucking not uh, peaky. We went to listen. We went to Essendon DFO. We should have called our show flights. Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's just peaks the whole. <laughs> peaky fuckheads. The whole heads. way through. But we went to DFO. We didn't argue, but we real early, so we didn't have to argue. I drove on a freeway. Drove on a freeway for yeah. five minutes, took the wrong exit, but that's okay. No, you know, I didn't. Yes, you did. You took the you went oh, got well, off at Essendon yeah, Fields slightly. But that's okay. And then you went back on the freeway and you came back off again. Very great job. Yeah. Yeah, very proud of myself. Hey, um. Hey, Paula. What was the first hey. movie you went to the cinema to see? Do you remember? Uh, pretty sure it was Boy Could Fly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. I wasn't expecting that answer. Mm -hmm. And did the whole family go? Because you're the second youngest. We only ever went to the movies with dad. Mum never took us. Right. Probably because the seats were dirty or something. Um, She couldn't sit down for too long. I don't like sitting down. I don't like being confined. Which is just like me now. Yeah, so no, it's exactly like me now. I don't like being confined. Anyway, um, so dad would take us. So he'd only ever take us on school holidays. So dad would try and have a week off uh, like his holidays when we were on school holidays when we were younger mm-hmm. and stuff. And then um, so I remember going with him to Melton because I grew up in Werribee and the closest cinemas were the Melton uh, twin cinemas. And I'm pretty sure it was Boy Who Could Fly and another time we saw Police Academy. Oh, my God. Yeah, like oh. Citizens on Patrol. No, it wasn't Citizens on Patrol. Uh, yeah, maybe it was that one. So, yeah, 1990 or something. But mm. I'm trying to think if there was an earlier one, an earlier thing. Maybe we went to High Point and saw something else. But for me, I feel like Boy Who Could Fly was like – is embedded in my brain. Yeah. Mm, the so earliest, sad. <clears throat> the earliest one I can remember is this uh, is Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore. Yeah, right. I would have been like five. We I talked think. about this last uh, episode. Yeah, but I remember during the week that I think that's the first movie because Ness would have been like three, so maybe I was six. Because that was the other thing as well. Vanessa's is three years younger than me, so if Dad or Mum wanted to take me to some like. We had to wait until Vanessa was old enough to be able to do that stuff, you know, where she could sit through mm. something. We probably saw, like, The Land Before Time or something. You know what I mean? Like, we there was probably some kids' movie before Actually, that. Actually, Land Before Time is very familiar. The Little Dinosaurs? Yeah, no, it's very the familiar. Animated. That- no, I know, I know the film, you fuck. I'm just saying... Um, I, that sounds familiar. Like maybe I saw that at Melton as well. Mm. And then I don't think we went to the movies for a while. And then I remember a spate of like we saw Batman. That like that was the first time I remember <clears throat> getting like wrapped up in like a mania of some description. Like because that first Batman film was huge, and it was everywhere. With the Penguin. No, no, no with, with Jack with, Nicholson. Yeah, with Michael Keaton, Jack, nineteen eighty nine. So I was. Oh yeah. 10 or 9. I was 9, 10 years old when it came out. So it's the perfect age. I was obsessed with Batman as it was already. Then the movie was coming out. I remember like asking for. What are you doing? I'm messaging my siblings to see if they remember what the first film we ever saw. You fuck. Just every time we start the podcast, your phone comes out. You're either playing a video game or you. Messaging or people. I'm looking at Wikipedia on the film that we're talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, Batman, I remember, and then we we saw, like, there was a spate of films that we saw with Dad, like Young Einstein, Dick Tracy. <sighs> it must have, that period of time must have uh, coincided with Dad giving up drinking, I think. Like, Dad oh, yeah. gave up drinking and then was like, oh, shit, I'm a dad, and, like, started <laughs> like, to do stuff. taking us to places and stuff. I remember, uh, I mean... I remember because um, Melton was the closest place to get, go to the movies, um, but in um, the Werribee Plaza got got us the cinemas. Mm. Um, Nineteen ninety four, 
they got – I remember it was such a big deal. I reckon I was in year seven. Right. Which was probably 1994. Mm-hmm. And it was such a big deal. Like I remember saying, I'm going to go to the movies once a week. Like no shit. Like that's it. Like if I have a movie, like I could practically walk there in 20 minutes. I still promise myself that now. Yeah. It's like we live close to Broadmeadow Shopping Centre. There's a Cinemaplex up there. That Cinemaplex. There's a Cinemaplex right next to the discotheque. Um, and no one goes there. Oh, I essentially have a private it's cinema streaming. to myself. Yeah, well, I've, got, I've got a cinema right here. Yeah, but I want to watch shit on the big screen. Yeah, and then I ask you to... and you're like, no. I don't ne- next... And then I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. Once I get my license, I'm going to be up there all the fucking time. Yeah, you and Brody, go for it. Um, At the movies, yeah. yeah, for sure. But anyway, so when, when the Werribee uh, 10, it was called, Werribee 10, because I think maybe they had 10 screens there. Yeah, Fastuka 5 went to the Werribee yeah, 10. Fastuka 5 went to the Werribee 10. Um, dude, I remember when it opened, there was a crowd. Yeah. There was, I remember being squashed in amongst like heat, like 100 people just waiting for the doors to open. And when the doors opened, we like ran up, brand new carpet. And 1994, do you know the film that we saw? Me and a bunch of mates. I can't even remember who. Uh, 1994, I will give you a clue. It was a sequel. Wayne's World 2. Close. Ace Ventura 2. Oh, my God, yes. Ace Ventura 2. Knowing you, it was either Jim Carrey or Mike Myers. I was like thinking about (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go Jim Carrey first and then at the last second I I went Mike Myers. I want to say there was hundreds of us waiting. Like we're going oh, to the movies. Man. Jim Carrey was another deal. Jim Carrey mania was another real thing. Yeah, it was Me too. and my friends, you I always because I was like um That's how desperate we were and worried to get the movies. We just look we're like ah cuz I had like three or four friendship groups in in high school and like there was like the nerd group, the comet and that was sort of like all those guys were really into comedy and stuff. And then I had my mates who were sort of, I don't know, I don't know what to call them, regular, who are still my mates now. And then I played a bunch of footy and cricket as well. And so, like, if all three of those groups were talking about the same thing, you knew mm. that it was super popular. And Jim Carrey was someone that, like, everyone was just fucking upset. Like, 1993, everyone was obsessed with Jim Carrey, right? It's the best. Because in a row there was Ace Ventura... Uh, the Mask was next, Dumb and Dumber. Mm. And then I still, to this day, think Cable Guy is the best comedy mm. he's done. And it got I got absolutely blasted by critics. I don't really know why because I think it's just as funny. You know what I mean? I can't imagine why you would watch Cable Guy and go, that's a terrible film, and watch Ace Ventura and say, that's a brilliant film. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and also, like, the talent in that film, like, Jim Carrey, Matthew Broderick as the straight man, maybe mm. the best straight man going around, mm. Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Owen Wilson. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't remember Jack Black and Owen Wilson. In, in Cable Guy, Jack mm. Black's, um, he works in the office with Matthew Broderick. He's like Matthew Broderick's best mate mm. who keeps going, this guy's weird, man. I'm telling you, he's weird. He must be... Um must have been one of Jack Black's first movie. Yeah, it'd be close to it. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson, like um, Matthew Broderick's uh, ex, goes on a date with a really sleazy guy and it's mm. Owen Wilson. <laughs> He's like, this is me giving you permission to land. 
and oh refuel. God. Remember that? And then he no. goes into the He's like a real sleaze bag, and then he's like, I've just got to go powder my nose, and he goes to the toilet, and Jim Carrey beats the shit out of him because he's going on a date <laughs> with Matthew Broderick's uh, I ex. All I remember is, you might remember his little song from a little documentary called Give Me Shelter about the Rolling Stones <laughs> and the Nightmare Ultimate. <laughs> that night, the chapter of the Hells Angels had their way. Tonight, it's my turn. <laughs> That's all I remember. When the truth is go <laughs> to be lays another journey. There were certain things from that film that me and Lucas quoted to each other for decades, like still to this it's day. The popular opinion, what you're saying, because a lot of people dismiss Cable Guy, but then you get to the nitty gritty, there's a big bunch of people who are like, are you I kidding? Think people who Cable are, Guy is one of the better films. Genuinely like funny people, like people who really love comedy love that film. You know what I mean? Dumb and Dumber, everyone loves Dumb and Dumber because it's just all physical comedy. But, mm. like, there's things that stick in your brain from Cable Guy, like uh, when Jim Carrey comes to the door, like me and Lucas used to do this all the time where we'd knock on the door and then be like, okay, I'm going away now, goodbye. <laughs> and then, like, would pretend to walk downstairs in the... Mm. I don't know the film the, that much. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, or, like, just tiny little things where he'd be like, like when uh, that same night he hires a prostitute for Matthew Broderick to sleep with, <laughs> but Matthew Broderick thinks that it's just a girl coming on to him at the party. He's got no idea. Mm. And then he wakes up the next morning. He's feeling really good about himself because he's like got together with this really hot girl. And then Jim Carrey's like, good uh, good morning, uh, wakey, wakey, hands off snaky. I made you some scramby eggs. And, like, scramby eggs has been something me and Lucas have said to each other for 30 years. <laughs> you want some scramby eggs? Really? Are you going to fucking yes and me at all? Are you going to sit there and yes, fucking and make a fucking... Yes, and you're Make a fucking lemon face like you've been making all fucking morning. Jesus Christ. A lemon face? Talk about a lemon face. I don't want to be lemon face. Talk about a sour warhead over here. Jesus Christ. Good. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Hands up, snakey. I made you some <laughs> eggs and bakey. Here's some scramby eggs. Interesting. Anyway, watch fucking Campbell guy. A uh, Campbell guy? Campbell. <laughs> Sam Campbell guy. Sam Campbell in your brain, douchebag. <laughs> I love Sam Campbell. Uh, have you seen these guys? Um, that's my Sam Campbell impersonation. Yeah, I'm tired. Have you seen them? Yeah. These freaks? Yeah. Hi, darling. Are you going to talk at yeah. all? Yeah. So what else has been going on? We had Christmas. We got Christmas <laughs> presents. Chelly. Uh, Chelly. Dude, you're having a stroke. Kelly, what is happening? Kelly got a chair. You're making me fucking nervous because you're not <laughs> saying anything. <laughs> you're just staring at me. It's fucking so intense, man. Mate, I'm just letting you... Talk your it way. would be like if Paul walked in and was like, hey, I've got a song. And John if I went, don't interrupt you, yeah. you won't stop talking. And then just talking. stared at him like he was going to fight him. The, the only whole way time for it- me to talk sometimes is to interrupt you. So if I just let you talk until you finish it, finish off wherever you are, then that's what that's what it is. That's what it is. Anyway, Kelly got a chair for Christmas, so it was a real <laughs> Dickensian situation. <laughs> there you go, Kelly. Here's a chair to sit on. I put it together all myself. Yeah. Uh, no, I got you a big, giant, comfortable, like, uh, 
outdoor lounge chair with a big cushion in to sit in and you got me a bunch of Paul McCartney stuff. I did. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. We had a lovely Christmas. Um, I've already taken stuff off the tree and I've um, given Damien the job of taking the tree outside. Not sure why it's my job. Uh, I brought it inside. I right. went and got it. I went. I went to the car. Mm-hmm. I picked it out. I put it in the car. I drove it home. Yeah. I took it out of the car. Yeah. Dragged it into the house. Yeah. And then set it up. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You are going to do. I helped decorate it. I put okay. decorations. Well, on. do you want me to take it outside? Is that what you want me to do? Do you want me to get a saw and cut oh, it up put it in the green bill? Yeah. Well, you said you'd do it. Yep. You want to do it today? Not particularly, but I'm going to because you've mentioned it eight times. So. Well, I mean, at what point do you mention something over and over again and then it gets done? And then I'll do it and then you go, I was going to do it. You're, you're too quick. You're you just going to let do me it. do things in my own timetable. Yeah, but sometimes say eight days once. is too long. Just say it once and I will walk sometimes away. eight days just for laundry say it is too much. Listen, I want you to look at me while I'm talking. <laughs> Okay. Say it once say it and once, walk away. Say it twice. Say it anywhere you go. Listen, do you think Kelly just listened to what I said then? You know that you're mo- You said <laughs> She's literally so- still singing a song uh, while you said, I was say talking. it once and then walk away. Yes, that's fine. But the problem is it's eight days later and walk it's still not away. done. I'll do it at my own time. Walk I'm like, away. yeah, but it's like it's you know, meanwhile there's a fucking dead scrub in the house. You know what I mean? Like, don't talk about yourself I, like that. Like, you're, okay, Damien's like, don't, like, he loves hanging things outside, loves it, loves hanging clothes outside. I am not the biggest of fans. I mean, I, ideally I love doing it, putting stuff outside because it dries quicker, but it's Melbourne. It rains all the fucking time. It rains out of nowhere. I'm sick of things getting rained on. They, get, they stay out there forever. Anyway, so you said, don't touch it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'm like, fine. So after the clothes got rained on once, I then picked up just my clothes from the line. <laughs> and your clothes have been rained on that many times. <laughs> but I need the clothes. I need to pick them up. They can't get rained on all the time because I, I need them. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What else did you get for Christmas? Oh, what else did I get? I got, um, I got a voucher for a massage. Yeah. I got a puzzle that I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. and I got um what else? Um, I got a a uh, a Lonely Planet book about Japan because mm-hmm. we're going to Japan for a honeymoon. Baby, what'd you get for Christmas? I got uh the Paul McCartney coffee table book, Paul McCartney the lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, which I had legitimately. This is the first present in uh actually you gave me good presents, but this is a present that I had legitimately looked at for myself. Maybe eight or nine times where I'd be like, oh, I would really love that. It's just a bit too pricey because it's like 100 bucks or 120 bucks or something like that. And it's like this double volume thing of all Paul's lyrics with like photos and, you know, it's a mm. big, beautiful, like everything to do with the Beatles. It's done beautifully and amazingly. Um, but it was just too much. And so, like, when I opened it up, I was like, oh, holy shit. Not only is that an amazingly thoughtful present because I love Paul McCartney, but I had genuinely thought about buying it for myself like at least eight or nine times oh. you know so i got that i got a wings t-shirt the band wings not the tv show um i got a strokes t-shirt i got a richmond football club t-shirt uh i got a hundred dollar 
um, Gokar's voucher to go to the movies from your brother, which was insanely generous. Yeah, uh, that's too much money. You don't, des- you don't deserve it. And, uh, yeah, there was more. I can't remember exactly. Uh, Did what, my Bosch t-shirt? I got your Bosch t-shirt and a, a Bosch t-shirt. t-shirt, even though I'm not allowed to watch it or talk about it on the podcast, but I've now got a Bosch t-shirt that I can wear around the house. <laughs> it's the closest thing I can get to watching it. Um, yeah, no, it was a great Christmas. This Christmas, we hung out with my mum, then we went and saw your sister and family. Um, mm. We had lobster and, yeah, it was great. We had, like, an amazing seafood dinner and a really nice lunch. And yeah. Yeah, it was great. And now it's New Year's Eve Eve and uh, we've done the traditional buying of the uh, slides. And um, yeah, yeah, I like mine. I like mine. Mine are comfortable. They're just, you know, I didn't realise that a size 10 didn't mean size 10. Mm. But anyway. Oh, Silence! Hey, no, Jimmy. This Jimmy. is, should we just watch it real quick, the only podcast where both hosts are wearing new pairs of slides. My name is Dr. Damien Gibson. I didn't go to 112 years of medical school to get slides that are too big. Thank you very much. And in the blue corner is Scared Kelly, Big Whoop. Want to fight about it for Stuka. Get into them, Stooks. Jimmy, you scared him so much. He does not like loud sounds. Oh, he's shaking. He's shaking. He's okay. Come here. You made him shake. He was so scared by that sound. You better cuddle him. This is what happens. Hey, oh, God. What is happening over there between the two of you? He's fine. Is he all right? He was shaking. Oh, poor baby. Can you hear him in the mic, guys? Yeah. Give me a kiss. Uh, So what are we talking about this week, bub? So, um... First things first, we're talking, it's a documentary. I like the way we did it. It was like I chose something and then you chose something. I think that's a good balance. Yeah, well, that's actually what the premise of the podcast is meant to be, is that one we each force the other one to watch something. But it's hard because you um, get, you know, very, I'll go, how about this? And you're very sookie-wookie. And you're like, I don't want to watch that. Like you use this podcast as an avenue to watch the things you want to watch. But if you just let me choose one thing a week and then I let you choose one thing a week, then that is a good variety for both of us. Yes, I agree. I am happy to be forced to watch something because I'll fucking shit on it and it's fine. I agree. First thing is my thing. So I was actually just watching this on my own um, a documentary about Michael J. Fox called Still on Apple. It's called and Still a Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah. Um, I was like, yo, I'm going to watch this on my own because I remember reading, uh, I think I read his first, the first two books and stuff. But um, I just wanted to watch it because I love him and, you know, and Seals had watched it and she's like, you should watch it. It's pretty, it's incredible. So I was like, yes, that's what uh, we do on the show. We take recommendations. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching it and Damien popped his head in to like grab his phone and I said, "You, I said, get get out of here. Don't watch this documentary. It's too sad. It's really good, but it's too sad. I don't want you to watch it. And you were like, ah, oh, is that all right if I don't watch it? Because I just, it's too much. It's too sad. And I said, yes, that's fine. Get out of here. Like, I actually am recommending, Damien, you do not watch this. So then you left and then you had to come back in and grab something else. And it was so funny because you were like, just like two, within two seconds, you were like, watching it and then you sat down but you sat down on the edge of the couch 
that dude way where it's like I'm about to get up again. You know, like, um, yep. and I'm like, don't stay, don't watch it, don't watch it. And he sat down and watched the whole fucking thing and sobbed at the end, as you would, because it was a beautiful documentary. I, I didn't sob, but I definitely had like we were a both, cry. both really sad, yeah. It's just filled well, it's with like, a lot of, it's, yeah. I mean, everyone knows a story about Michael J. Fox Parkinson's. It got it quite early and um, it's, mm. he's really sick in it. Like, he's very, like, I don't know how he does a button. On a shirt, he, he can't. He could barely brush his teeth. It's so bad, and um, and and it's not. He his attitude is not like, you know, every day is a blessing, and um, I could take it every one day at a time. Blah blah. He's like, this fucking sucks. I love life. This really sucks. Mm. Um, but then he's also funny. Yeah. But he falls over all the time, and it's awful. And then one scene, he just falls over. He's just walking, walking too fast. Mm. By accident, you know, because he got no balance and stuff. Anyway, beautiful. Yeah, it's a really well-made documentary, as yeah. Stokes had already sort of alluded to. Like, I came in to get my phone and I sat down. I mean, it's hard for me to not stop and watch Michael J. Fox talking about, like, how he got into acting. And they they really quickly go from, like, him being a boy in Canada to being in L.A. I really appreciate that. I think more people need to understand from a storytelling point of view, especially with uh, biopics or biographies or whatever, I don't care about your mum and dad. I don't care about your brother and sister. I don't care yeah. about whether you played baseball in high school. No one gives a shit about that. It was very, very the, lightly touched on but didn't like – Yeah, yeah like, and it was obvious – like what I appreciated about it was like he obviously had a good relationship with his parents. His mm. dad was a bit of a hard taskmaster but mm. like realised that Michael had talent and when he was, you know, I mean he had a talent agent and stuff in Canada and um, they suggested he went to LA and his dad drove him to LA and yeah, like helped beautiful. him get set up and stuff. But that's it. Like, And the reason why they told that story is because it helps Michael get from Canada to LA. It, like it is part of the story. It's not this, like, side juncture to be like, let me tell you all about how horrible my relationship with, with my no. dad is. Because I don't want to hear about that. No, but it was, it was, yeah, and he just seems like a good kid and who, you know, did had some trouble along the way and with alcohol and then, not you know, it was a really, bit of a... really. Like, it seemed like he was, he liked having fun, but it, there were no real stories of, like, he was out of control. Like, he, he smashed a few cars... Yeah, but like his got wife into, got it, like, set, set him straight. Like, the well, wife. hang on. That's way later on down the track. Mm. I'm talking about, like, at the beginning of the film, they sort of touch on when he was a teenager that he was a pretty good kid, like, that he, you know, yeah. like, he had a few car accidents and stuff. Yeah, and he was little. I don't, like, outside of the Parkinson's, which is obviously a big thing, I don't know if Michael J. Fogg, at this stage in his life, I don't know if he would have too many stories. You know what I mean? Like mm. there would be the story of him being cast instead of Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future and working on um, uh, Family Ties at the same time. But outside mm. of that, it would just be like, and then I was a working actor for the rest of my life. You know, I, I was a married, beloved working actor, you know. Because he kind of married earlier on because he, he met her on the set of Family, Family Ties. Family Ties, yeah. So I feel like because he met his wife that early on and they married, he hasn't got this, like, you know, single life 
of crazy. No. You know? So it's, I think that he wouldn't have a lot like of... It like he met the right person and they and they just sort of settled down immediately. Like, mm. uh, he would have been in his late 20s by the time that had happened. She but did say that he was drinking, like when he was in Doc Hollywood and stuff like that, he was drinking heaps. And she, after they'd been married, and I think maybe the first could have come along, she was like, is this what's going to be the thing? Because I'm not... Not up for this, this shit. And I think, like, it must have got to a point where it was like pretty consistent partying and drinking. But again, not Charlie Sheen, you know no. what I mean. But she kind of was like, "You're wasting." But things. even like, yeah, I, I'm not not to diminish anybody's journey with alcohol or anything like that. But he was definitely a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, it was like, yeah. I mean, he was. Every yeah. story was like, you know, and then I'd work twelve hours and then I'd go and drink. You're like, mm. well, <laughs> I mean, that's bad. It's bad mm. that you felt like you had a, you know, he had a, a big enough problem where he quit drinking. But um, did he, did, had he had the diagnosis when that no. had happened? No. That happened after he quit drinking. Um, yeah, I feel like he was drink. Yeah, I feel like he quit drinking and then diagnosis. Mm, I can't. Or remember. maybe maybe they did overlap a bit. I feel like he got the diagnosis and then he started drinking yeah. real hard. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But well regardless, doesn't matter. But Good most doco. I mean the story yeah, it's a great look Good. he he is still so engaging. Yeah. And even through the, the horribleness of his disease, you can see that he is this amazingly gifted mm. storyteller and, and just is engaging. He just holds your I mean, like I came in to get my phone and then an hour and 40 minutes later I stood up again. Yeah. And the majority of the film is Michael J. Fox talking. talking. Yeah. Um, So, like, I was totally engaged and it was, like, it was nice to sort of, like, go down um, Nostalgia Lane with him and, like, because Family Ties was a show that we actually did watch in this house. We've talked Mm. a lot about what we couldn't watch. Family Ties was something that we did watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, and I loved Alex Keaton so much that my hippie left-wing parents were slightly worried that they might have uh-huh. <laughs> a little right-wing voting. kid on their hands. Uh, little did they know that uh, things were going to go way the other way. But anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just like, I mean, oh, I'm not special here. This is anyone our age. He is the guy. He was in everything. He was in Family Ties. Then he was in like the biggest movie of our childhood. So Dude, it's, Back to the Future. It's, it's huge. hard not to. And then he to, did Spin City, and Spin City was Spin City was a good the show, first of its kind, like that, and it was great. And he won Emmys, he won a ton of Emmys. Like, what do you mean a show? Oh, like, um, like uh, set in a mayor's office, you know, fast paced kind of show. Um, yeah, hadn't News Radio already happened before Spin City? News Radio. Yeah. They're completely different shows. Uh, I don't think so. They're set in an office where there's like the main guy and then a kooky cast of characters. Yeah, but around that's him. like um that's like a news it's a radio station. This is like media, like a mayor, like a mayor's of a like um kind of like a frontline kind of show. If any I don't I, I don't think know. they're like, pretty similar. But anyway, <laughs> News Radio and Spin City are very different in funniness <laughs> and writing. In writing. I think the premise of the show is pretty similar. Okay. That the star of the show is the straight man 
and he has to deal with a it's just cast you love of kids kooky in the hall characters. That you have to drop a Dave Foley fucking reference. Well, I'm just saying he was doing it first. I'm just saying he was doing it first. And um, I do love Dave Foley, but I love Michael J. Fox as well. Was he doing well. it first? I thought that Spin City was earlier than News Radio. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, let me Wikipedia that and find out, okay? Okay. 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 Uh, but anyway, yeah. And it, uh, Stooks is also like, yeah, I agree with Stooks that it's um, it's very sweet without being like uh, sickly sweet, you know, like um, you get a real insight into how hard it is for Michael on a daily basis and how much love he has from his family and you get like his wife and kids seem like really good people and um, it, it is a it's an easy watch that makes you feel really sad for Michael, mm. but also quite, you know, uh, great. I suppose grateful that you got like some good TV shows and, you know, dude, I, it just, I'm maybe just... the best, maybe the best trilogy. Yeah. Of all time. Uh, I mean, you got Godfather, you got aliens, but back to future is definitely up there with like good stuff. I'm, uh, see, the problem is that all the other trilogies that we grew up with have been ruined by prequels and other sequels. And because I would have said Star Wars, I would have said Indiana Jones, but mm. you know, Indiana Jones now has five films that mm. are like, ugh, you know, I would have said Star Wars, but there's nine films where three of them are brilliant, mm. two are okay, and then the rest are all kind of shit. Um. So yeah, I mean, Back to the Future's kind of yeah stands alone as like yeah. a trilogy that hasn't been fucked with. Like, uh, and the third one, I feel like when we were growing up, there was this idea that like three wasn't as good as the first two, but I think it's just as good. Like, I think all three the are Cowboy as, One, yeah, Cowboy One's really good. I feel like all I think th- it's great. I feel like it's a trilogy where all three films are as good as each other. There's still there's now there seems to be this attitude that two is the weakest one, but two's always been my favorite. Two for me, I, I disagree. I always thought two was the strongest, yeah, me too, because especially because they're going because the future stuff was so good. Yeah, you know, it still like, holds up, I think. Hydrate level four, please. <laughs> yeah. Is it ready? Biff Tannen is Donald Trump. Dude, Biff Tannen, like, just, uh, George, where's George McFly? Well, Marty, he's where he's been for the last four years. Oak Park Cemetery. Blum, blum, blum. <laughs> Kid, I owe the police. You know, Grace Sports Ormanac. Dude, number two is fucking... So good. But the whole, like, um, can, can you just shove it in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> like, two is, like, the for me, so quotable. Yeah. Like, um, when he comes up. Dude, I did it yesterday. Dad's home. Dad's home. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Get this damn thing fixed. Needles, when Needles gives him shit. McFly! You are terminated. Oh, that's Flea. Terminated. Yeah, well, Flea, yeah, Flea. Yeah, Flea's needle. Yeah, yeah, but then his boss is like, you know, uh, it was a sting. It was a sting operation. What? Read my facts. What film uh, of Michael J. Fox's outside of Back to the Future is your favorite? Can't pick Back to the Future. Hmm. Hmm. What's yours? 
Uh, Teen Wolf. Oh, yes, of course. Teen Wolf. Um, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Boom, boom, Team boom, Wolf boom, 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 doesn't boom. get as much love Mate, as it Wolf, should. Team Wolf is the fucking... Team Wolf and Back to the Future won in the same year. Yes. Back to back. Oh. The only thing that kept Team Wolf off number one at the box office was Back to the Future. Dude, Team Wolf, I used to, that scene, I, I got really scared. When he was changing into a wolf in the mm. bathroom scene, and mm. I couldn't watch it, like the yeah. sound of the heartbeat, boom, 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 and my brothers and sisters would like hold me down and crawl, like, mm. like pull my eyes open and make me watch it. <laughs> but it was just like, ah, oh, Dad, go away, I'm fine, son. I'm gonna open up this door, <laughs> son. I got it, and then the dad opens it up, and he's got like a grey werewolf face. Yeah, I love it, dude. Do yourself a favor if you've never seen fucking Teen Wolf. It's so good. The basketball, um, win, win in the end. I'm gonna win in the end. And then, just look at that last scene when they're in the basketball um, um, uh, auditorium and that song's playing after they've won. Like as the credits are rolling, someone gets their dick out. Yeah, supposedly. Supo- supposedly, I'll call a plumber right now. <laughs> no, 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 I've, I've, lo- I've watched it. Well, I absolutely will show all right, you. All right, well, maybe we'll put it in our it, notes. They get the dick out, and no one notices. You know what I've never seen uh, is Team Wolf Two with Jason Bateman. Um, same. I've seen it. That's the same premise. It's the exact same movie, just with Jason Bateman in it. Yeah, like right. uh, I think it's his cousin or something like that, or right. or I don't think it's him. I think it's like a cousin. Yeah, but it's I just I don't think he plays another Scott. I could be wrong. I'll, I'll look it up. But um, I just my, one of my favorite things in Team Wolf is um the coach Salt. Anyone got Salt? He's always eating eggs. Yeah, like it's just such a small thing. He's always eating hard boiled eggs. Or chewing gum. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking so no, it's good. it's great. Dude, uh, let's watch Team Wolf tonight. Another Michael J. Fox thing you should check out is a recurring storyline in Curb Your Enthusiasm Season. Oh, God. Eight, I think. That's why I got sidetracked before. Whatever, just... the, whatever the New York season. When Larry moves yeah. back to New York, oh. he moves into an apartment underneath Michael J. Fox and they become uh, enemies, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> uh, and um, the premise is that Larry thinks that Michael J. Fox is using his Parkinson's to fuck around with Larry. And, of course, <laughs> Larry says, starts telling people this and they're like, you are an awful human being. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is a saint, blah, 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 blah. He gives him a Coke and it's all sh- shaken up. Yeah. She you like shook that. it. Did you shake this? No, I got Parkinson's. <laughs> fuck you. Dude, that's why I got sidetracked just like five minutes ago because I just thought But it turns that out scene. that Michael J. Fox has been fucking yeah, with, has him been using, with him. Yeah, has been fucking with him. using his Parkinson's. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, great. It's good, man. Maybe my favorite season of Curb, the New York season. It's dude, I, Curb is. I was never a fan of Curb, and people kept telling me how wrong I was, blah blah. And I just couldn't watch it. And then uh, I've told the story before. Stuck on a long haul flight, I had fifteen hours, yeah, and just smashed like six seasons in a row. And by the fifth episode, it's like the 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 switch goes off, yeah. and I was like. Oh, I get it. And I fucking could not stop laughing. Like when um, Vivica, um, what's it, Vivica Fox comes in, the when he starts dating the black chick. Oh, right. Dude, like when she, 
There's this one scene I'm on an airplane and I was dying. I think the show gets laughter. much better when Cheryl and David, uh, David, when Larry and Cheryl break up. And, yeah, uh, so he's C- dating and, her. Um, yeah. CJ, uh, C- yeah, smooth, C- smooth, CB, SB, oh, oh god, CJ, uh, I keep going to say BJ, CB, CB, <laughs> smooth, well, yeah, well, yeah, when he moves in, yeah, yeah, dude. So, and then that's when he's there's a one scene at the end of an episode where, like, you know, because Susie's always yelling at him and stuff, and she comes to the door, <laughs> she's like, What the fuck, Larry, you piece of shit, <laughs> fucking hell, Larry, I'm sick of this shit, because he's dating. <laughs> Yeah. And she just comes out of nowhere and goes, who the hell are you, bitch, yelling at my man? And it's the first time ever that someone's gone toe-to-toe with Susie yeah. and she fucking backs down and just backs out of the house and slams the door and just like Larry's face behind, like waving at Susie, <laughs> like, see ya. Dude, I know yeah. this is a I know that this is an audio um element here, but please do yourself a favor. <laughs> Watch that episode. I can't stop like it just makes me laugh so much. Just his face like But anyway. It's anyway, really good. This uh, yeah, so Curb is great. But anyway, yeah, Michael J <laughs> Michael J. Fox's performance is fantastic. So essentially what you realise by the end of the documentary is that he is a naturally gifted there are some people who yeah. uh naturally just exude something that make that makes you he he's a like in wrestling. There's a term called face or baby face, mm. and it's very hard to be a good baby face. And Michael J. Fox is that. He's the Hollywood version of a baby. So face. natural. Like, like when you watch him, he's in- just a naturally uh, like he's got a bit of cheekiness about him. Mm. But really, he's just a really good-hearted dude, and that comes across on the silver screen. And it's hard. There aren't too many other people like that. You I look at him at, when he's doing like. He's so young doing family ties and so yeah. young doing Back to the Future and stuff. And yeah, look, he's not fucking, you know, Robert De Niro in Awakenings or whatever. No, but he's not Al no, no, no. But, but, but there is, it is really hard to act in the natural way that he is, yes. which is engaging, charismatic, blah, blah, blah. Like he has had, he hasn't gone to fucking Juilliard or anything like that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like people have to go to proper school to be able to, Acting is reacting. <laughs> I would you know? say that people who are trained in acting couldn't do what Michael J. Fox no, does. No, he's got a naturalness he's, about him. He's so natural. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just, you get, it's kind of like Tom Cruise. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? In a different way. Tom Cruise isn't like, doesn't isn't a cuddly guy, but yeah. you get. Like Easy Tom, to watch. Tom Cruise, like as soon as Tom Cruise walks out on screen, yeah. you're watching the I'm film. Safe. And Michael J. Fox has the same thing, but in mm. a different way. Where mm. like you're, he's very lovable and cuddly, and you want to just give him a hug and Meh. like tassel his Can't hair. Can't fault him. You know? I, I really love him. And like he, the I mean, obviously the people who are making uh, Back to the Future mm. in Zemeckis and Spielberg, uh, Spielberg, Spielberg knew what they were doing, but choosing Michael J. Fox over Eric Stoltz. They knew what they were doing. It's a masterstroke, yeah, right? Because yeah. that film with someone, if someone like Eric Stoltz, who was taking the film very seriously, mm. is in that film, it for, it's a you flop. Just, you need, you need a charisma because, about yeah, it. Yeah, someone who's like, yeah. supposedly he was playing it as if he was like sh- like freaking out all the time, you know, like, mm. or that it was strange and he was like looking at everybody really strangely. And you can kind of see that, like that there was like a darkness to him. It's like you don't yeah. need that. You don't. That's yeah. not what this film is. He's this so good. this film is fun family yeah. four quadrant adventure film. You know. What do you give the documentary? 
Uh, I've been thinking about this all week because our next film I'm going to rate really highly. Mm. Um, uh, but I think I'm going to give it the same. Uh, look, you know what? It made me sit down on my ass and watch the as whole film. As you were walking out of the as room. As I was walking out of the room. Yeah. So I was going to give it three and a half, but just the sheer fact that it like pulled me down into a seat yeah. and kept me in the room for an hour and a half. Mm. I'm going to give it four stars. I think it's like one of the better biographical documentaries I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's really good. It's very honest. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, we were talking to a mate, Seals, the other day about Mm. like the infiltration of like Netflix Netflix documentaries that are essentially like four-hour-long ads for people. Um, And I get – I what? definitely feel like the Robbie I Williams one. Get what one. she's saying, and the Robbie. Well, the yeah. Robbie Williams one isn't a particularly good one because halfway yeah. through it, we stopped watching it. We haven't gone back. I so. feel like that's an ad. I don't feel like the Beckham one. The Beckham was, one is, it, but it's. Yeah. But I think he was entitled to. It's definitely David Beckham's story, right? But that's what biographies are. Like, if but you, that story is more interesting than any Robbie Williams story. But yes, absolutely. And Beckham, I felt like had a right of reply. Finally, yeah. Like it's like it it feels like he hadn't really spoken. But until she said that, I actually am like, oh my god, you're 100 percent right because there's so many docs coming out, and I'm such a Beyonce one that's coming. Yeah, I'm such a doc fuck that I'm like, oh great, yeah, 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 all these documentaries. I'm like, these fucks, they're all ads. Fuck them. Yeah, musicians have been doing it for Ah. fucking. Musicians are really good at bands are really good at it. They've been doing it for like 30 years, where they'll release a documentary. I mean, Beatles Anthology was that, right? Look, Where it's like, hey, here's a documentary about our life and then like their record sales go up by right. another 300% afterwards. Unless like, it's a documentary like, remember that documentary Anvil about that 80s rock band? Yeah, but still like everybody knows who that band is now. But but for me, that was, that was a documentary about a flailing band, not an ad. But their career was reignited after them. Yeah, but I would support that kind of documentary than a fucking Beyonce. That's more or of a Taylor. real documentary it's than real. these Netflix documentaries. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. these are that's actually like them in the middle of of fucking being shafted. Hmm. You know what I mean? But Beyonce, it's like, oh look how hard Beyonce and Taylor Swift are working. Look at Robbie watching all these videos of him while he's in his underwear. Like it just he didn't even bother putting pants on. Yeah, I don't it was think weird. The, the Robbie one. Anyway, we're going to I do want to go back and watch the, the rest of it because I am interested to see what it is. But mm. um, but, yeah, but this anyway, taco, this, this, yeah, I'm grumps. giving it four grams. Yeah. I give it four and a half. Uh, yeah, I, four and a half. I just thought – I just really love him. Mm. Anyway, but you chose the second thing. Yeah, I chose the second thing. I wanted to watch something really light and airy while we were eating dinner last night. Um, and I kind of liked that we had carte blanche this week because you had already chosen your one. So um, I was like, well, I'm choosing this. Um, and we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Mutant Mayhem. Um, I was obsessed with uh, Ninja Turtles when I was a kid, probably the same age that I was obsessed with uh, Alex P. Keaton, uh, maybe a little bit older, same age, roundabout. Anyway, um, and uh, dude, this... Uh, so this film was written uh, and produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I have loved almost every single thing these guys have done except Sausage Party. Sausage Party is one of the worst films I've ever seen in a cinema. I fucking hated it. Um, it's just so unfunny with so many funny people in something. It was just the fucking unfunniest thing in the world. Um, 
But everything else they've done, they did an adaptation of a comic book that I love called Preacher that's really violent and fucked up and, and funny. Um, and I watched all of that TV show. I feel like I was one of the seven people on earth who did. Um, and, you know, all the movies that they've made have been great uh, as well. Pineapple Express is a, a favourite of, of theirs. I like This I Is love. The End. This is Yeah, This Is The End is another great film as well. Pineapple Express I, I genuinely think is a great movie. I think it's a genuinely fantastic film. Uh, Danny McBride's fantastic in that film. Franco and, and Rogan are great. Um, and if you haven't seen it, if you like Quentin Tarantino movies, but a comedy, you should watch Pineapple Express. Uh, Baby, back to your film. Come but on. anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I hadn't seen the Goldberg. I think Goldberg and uh, Rogan put out a film a year or so ago about the Jewish experience called American Pickle or something, which I still haven't seen. Um I don't know if those guys made that, but anyway, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but I was excited to see this because I know that these guys are comic book guys. I know that they can do good adaptations because they had done Preacher. Um, and I fucking hated the Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movies. I fucking hated them. I don't remember them. All. Oh, are they the ones the from... The most recent. So there were the oh. three when we were growing up Yeah, that had like the... You know, little guys in costumes. Which I like. Yeah, which are all... I mean, the first one is a genuinely good, fun movie. I know the Michael Bay ones. The second and third ones are okay. And then uh, they were huge films. Like, uh, they're kind of like CGI turtles. Fucking What's-Her-Face played April uh, April O'Neil, Megan Fox. That's That's Transformers. No. Okay. Look it up. Looking you're you're it looking up. at me like I'm, I'm correct. I'm looking it yeah. up. Um, but anyway, this film, uh, obviously, direct, like obviously a, a family, well, I would say a kid's film, right? Like I think it's made for teenagers. Um, I think it's pitch perfect. I think it's like such a good approximation of like a combination of there's a slight amount of the original comics that are kind of adult and, and uh, violent and graphic. And then a huge dash of the 90s cartoon that we grew up watching and bits and pieces of the movie. And then their own thing as well. Um, And I think there were some really good morals in the story. So essentially, we don't really get an origin story of the Turtles. The first like five, ten minutes of the film is that. Mm. Um, But this is all about like them trying to fit in. Like they've been living underground for 15 years Splinter is their dad and he essentially won't allow them into the outside world, but they're just desperate to be normal teenagers and go to school and live a real life and stuff. And there's some really touching moments of them like watching a film from afar, like watching humans watch a film and they're all sort of like heartbroken that they don't have any friends or anything outside of each other. Um, But it's a film about like uh, trusting people, being nicer to people, you know, like uh, making allowances for other people's differences. I think it's a really great moral um, and it's mm. super fun. Like it's like because uh, the moral of the film is essentially like just because somebody's different doesn't mean that they don't have something to offer or that you shouldn't open yourself up to them, which is I think a really important message for kids in 2023. Um but yeah, just t- like even just like uh, they got the tone of each turtle perfect, mm. I think. And they, and they actually like, use kids as the voices. Use teenagers as the voices. 
couple of them, their voices hadn't broken yet. The other two had. I thought they did a good job of like, there's a balancing act with Raphael of like him being like the independent one, but not being a dick, Mm. you know? And in those like Michael Bay films, he just comes across as a complete fucking arsehole. Um, They're not Michael Bay. It's someone else. Um, But I'm looking it up now. In 2014... Um, Johnny Knoxville as the voice of Leonardo. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's someone I don't know, directed by Jonathan Liebsman. I'm pretty sure Michael Bay had something to do with him. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Oh, I produced it, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and they're dumb, gross films. Uh, you know, Leonardo's trying to be a leader but is struggling with it and then comes through in the end. Um, and... The cast of bad guys are super fun and funny. The The thing most of all with this film is it's funny. It's mm. a funny kid's film. Mm. Uh, oh, well, actually, there's a couple of other things that are important about the film as well, but it is super funny. The voice cast is cast because they can bring something to that character rather than them being a big name that they can sell the movie on the, on the back of. Mm. Um, and... Uh, the animation style is completely different and interesting. I I, I loved everything about this film and it was mm. such a refreshing – as someone who is like a comic book guy and a nerd culture guy and loves Marvel and DC and pro wrestling, all the obvious nerd shit um, and grew up watching Ninja Turtles, uh, this is a film that didn't ruin my childhood. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was – it was amazing to see what could happen when the people who own the IP just hand it over to artists and say, do what you want. Yeah. Like there isn't this like cookie cutter approach like with the Marvel films where it's like it has to be like this, it has to be in this shape. No, nah, man. You can tell they- Seth Rogen and the other dudes loved, love, love, love um, Ninja Turtles growing up. Yeah. And they loved the proper one. And then so when they wrote it, it had the same sensibilities and the same sense of humour um, and – I didn't know, I didn't know anything about this. I said to you, "Is this a movie or a TV show?" And you were like, "It's a movie." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, it like the the way it's such a testament to we don't we don't need fucking CGI effects and blah blah blah. Like this is a cartoon, but some of the cartoon effects, like I think I said this to you last night. You know, I think everyone loved the idea when Pixar came about around and made everything lifelike. You know, like, look at the feather, like, you know, remember cats and stuff? Like, you know, you can see fur and I don't give a shit. It's a cartoon. This was so much better than any of that shit Mm. that is lifelike because when they, like, in the chase scene, they had, like, a car driving and it was, like, you could see the pencils. Like, it was like a comic book. Yeah. The way it was. Like, you could see the pencils drawing the flash, the, 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 the high beams of the car. You know, creating a or a fire being created. You could see the pencil marks. It was the artistry was incredible. I was really fucking into it. So different, so fun. Far better than I'd much rather something that interesting than a Pixar mm. kind of real life bullshit. Yeah, the know? execution of this film so is so good, excellent. Uh, it's obvious. You know, it was a well thought out, uh, different way of approaching. Intellectual property or existing characters. It was funny. I found myself laughing out loud, lolling a few times. Yeah, absolutely. I I would say more than a few times. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the film, there are plenty of like 
uh, there's moments where you can tell that they've just let the four boys like riff and like yeah. that's fun. Like it comes, mm. they seem to, like, who knows whether it's real or not, but it feels like the four main cast act, like voice actors like each other and that comes yeah. across through the film. Yeah, and they sound like film. kids. And yeah, Splinter, and they sound like teenagers. Splinter was the voice of Jackie Chan. Yeah, Jackie Chan I'm Splinter, like, yeah. thank fuck, they finally figured out, don't get someone doing an Asian voice, just get someone who's Asian. Yes, yeah. The fuck, man? Why are we doing this? Yeah, Tash Dimitri is one of the bad guys. Rose Burns, one of the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rudd is one of the bad yeah. guys. Ice Cube is the main bad guy. Oh, so good. Uh, it's yeah, great. Uh, Seth Rogen plays Bebop, yeah. and John Cena is Rocksteady, uh, and yeah. they both do great. John yeah. Cena does a great job doing this weird yeah. uh, Rocksteady voice. It was good, and I yeah, it was, and the actual sensibilities of like. Splinter trying to protect the boys and all that, all that bullshit. I was on board. Like I didn't, I didn't have to. Even though it was a cartoon. I didn't have to suspend my disbelief a lot with this one. No, but I think because it is an animated film, it allows you to go along with the ride more. Mm. There's something about CGI, especially like as it seems to get worse. The older we, yeah. like the more we watch it, the worse it seems to get to me. Like because we're using it for everything. Mm. And they just look like Marvel films at the moment just look like shitty cut scenes in a video game where like, you know, on a PlayStation 3 where you'd be like, I suppose this looks okay. Mm. I would much prefer to have big animated films that had the voice cast, like had the same cast from Marvel films, but just making an animated film. Mm. Um, And do... For, 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 if anyone who has any power is listening to this, please, for the love of God, let the directors have some sort of fucking auteur vision with the films. Mm. Please. Mm. Every film is the fucking same. Just mm. do something different. You'd love it because they're, they're obviously like those guys, as I said, grew up on the proper – like the, the original movie – you gotta know what a crop it is to know what cricket is. It still holds up. I watched that recently. Watched it recently, and it ho- and it holds up, right? Yeah. And like at the moment when uh, Taika Waititi like did something slightly different with a Marvel film, everyone was like, "Holy!" Well, the first time he did it, everyone was like, "He's a genius." And then the next film when he did it, everyone was like, "This is dumb. Mm. Thor shouldn't be so stupid." You're like, well, even the audience is because the audience has been trained to expect the same film every time. Yeah. This was so refreshing, Stu. I can't tell good, you how man. much I love. It was like it's good. It it's was like really a good. really nice fucking glass of lemonade. Yeah, it was, it was so fucking refreshing it was to be really like, good. this is a film that knows its demographic, has executed it perfectly, mm-hmm. hasn't fucked over anybody else. If you were a fan of any other Ninja Turtles stuff, you would like this as well. But it's mm. its own thing. It's good, Ben. There will definitely be a sequel because I think this did pretty well at the box office. Yeah, because uh, the way it ended. And Shredder is – you see Shredder in the, the very All last All spoilers, no Shredder. facts. Um, you see Shredder at the very end. So yeah. we fucking know there's going to be a sequel. But even that wasn't after the credits. No. No after credits no. bullshit. It was before the credits. No. You see Shredder and then boom, credits. It was just really good. May Rudolph plays one of the baddies. May Rudolph is yeah. one of the baddies. She's, she's great just as like, well. like she's like, you know, uh, well, at least we know where to find them, but it's going to be harder to capture them. I think we're going to have to call Shredder, mm. and you just see Shredder in the distance. Dun, dun, dun. You're yeah. like, yeah, looks like he was Shredder. like in New Jersey or something. Yeah, on Staten Island. Uh, on Staten Island. Shredder. <laughs> um, and uh, what's her face from the Bear plays April O'Neil. 
Sydney from the Bear. Yeah. Plays Oprah O'Neill. And I like it because she was kind of like a, she was a young kid. She's in, she's the same age as them. And she's like this, like, and she's like, I don't know how to say this nicely. They drew her to be like kind of uh, a regular sized person, not a hmm. cartoon caricature of uh, a Caricature. Woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she doesn't have massive boobs and a tiny yeah, waist and a big ass. Yeah, she's got like thighs and a butt, but like not in a sexy way. She's wearing like jeans and like she's, you know, black girl with glasses, but like kind of cool, you know, rides yeah. a scooter. Yeah. And she just, I, what I loved about April is that she was drawn in the most realistic way, which is normal, hmm. like a regular person. And they, but even the other people, like when everyone, People start helping and doing stuff, dude. It it was really good, man. I felt like it also it was makes sense. Solid. That April O'Neil is their age. Their age, yeah. and like that. Yeah. That's why they become friends. Yeah. That she's not like a thirty-five-year-old, yeah, news reporter, forty-year-old news reporter that yeah. meets these like fifteen-year-old turtles. What a and story! It's like, these are my new best friends. Mm. <laughs> man, I, what, how many grumps? Uh, I'm gonna give a four. I'm going to give it as four as well. I thought you were going to give it five. No. I'll give it four and a half grams. I'll give it four and a half. I think it's the best kids film I've seen maybe since Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Into the Um, Spider-Verse. What have you given five to? I've given five to Jury Duty. uh, Jury Duty I gave five to. Taskmaster I gave five to. Okay. Can't remember. I think that's it. Maybe one of someone can tell us. (laughs) No, I'll give it four Not grumps. Not much. You can't four. just go away giving out five grumps. No, I gave it four grumps. I felt, yeah, just four. But I felt, thought it was really good. Yeah, I'm not giving it four and a half. I'm giving it four. Okay. Uh, four uh, grumps. No, four. Four. I feel like we've watched a lot of not so good stuff recently. And so, like, my instinct is to be like, seven stars, but. In yeah, it's re- almost in reality, we'll something good. Yeah, in reality, I mean, it's just as good as Michael. It's just as good as the Michael J. Fox film, if not mm. slightly more entertaining. Mm. But they're obviously very, very, very different, different. films. No, I loved it. I thought it was really good. If you have a teenager, like a tween, uh, especially son, and Dude, you're I'm looking tell my for brothers to watch it, they're adults. No, well, your nephews are the perfect age, like twelve and ten yeah. or whatever. Like the they'll be if they haven't seen the film already, they, What's they, it they on? would love it. Um we just rented Netflix? it. Oh we rented it. Understood. Um <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, four grumps. No, that's good man. Well that, I feel like we both did well. Yeah. Yeah. No, so this is the two. new yeah. new format moving forward, yeah. either an episode oh. or a film where we genuinely force the other one to watch it. Generally have to just watch it. Um and uh, Bad luck. <laughs> we might get some disparaging scores moving forward. Well. But anyway, um this is going to come out on New's Eve. The last episode came out on Christmas oh. Day. Uh, no, Christmas Eve, and this is New Year's Eve. So um we're gonna have a very oh. quiet New Year's Eve. So um whatever you're doing. Uh, be safe. Mm-hmm. Say I love you to the people that you love, and mm. um, you know, don't bother with resolutions. Right? It's just this is going to make you feel bad. We're going to lose weight for the wedding. We've been saying this for a year. No fucking hell! I should have lost it already. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I love you. Happy New Year. <laughs> love Happy you. Yeah, thanks for listening.